Hello everyone, welcome back to an all new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. We are the show that takes a deep dive into the world of 80s cartoons and all of the glorious batshit insanity therein. My name is Randy, I am your host on this journey, and of course I'm not alone this week. I'm joined by my friend and my co-host Phil. Phil, how you doing today, brother? Man, I am doing okay. What is up everybody? Bad shit is definitely the name of the game. <laughs> we're all still here we're all still going through it man and hell let's do the damn thing oh yeah no we've got a good one for you tonight here folks uh but of course before we begin gotta let you know that totally radical cartoon podcast is a production of geek world order go to geekworldorder.com for all the latest greatest geeky content and media of course we are on social media you can follow us on facebook both Geek World Order and Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast have their own pages. You can also go to Twitter and Instagram, both at Geek World Order, to just keep up with the latest and greatest happenings. Uh, today, Phil, uh, we are taking a look at a very interesting world. We are looking at an episode today of Defenders of the Earth. And this is actually a pretty cool concept for a show. Uh, basically, you've got a number of uh, older comic book characters from like um, more. A lot of these guys, I think, were comics in like the fifties and sixties. Oh yeah, like I noticed. Um, well, you know, I feel like we we noticed like Flash Gordon right off the bat, but the freaking Phantom though. Because mm-hmm. I know the Did main it? team is like the Phantom, uh, Mandrake, uh, Flash Gordon. There's some kid named Rick. Who is Rick? Uh, apparently, that Rick is uh, Flash Gordon's son, Rick Gordon. Oh. Damn. I have no clue. I've never heard of this, this kid. Really, the Maybe. only thing I know about Flash Gordon is the 80s movie? Yeah, that's basically what I, where I know it from. Freaking, um, who is the bald dude, the black guy? Oh. oh, I was trying to think. I was trying to think of who that was. Oh, I think his name is like, like Lothar, or something. Oh, that's what it was. It was like Lothar, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it there's like, like they were saying, it sounded like they were saying Luther, but yeah, there's like a secondary group of characters. The, yeah, it's like Lothar and Rick, and there's like some other characters that are kind of like a secondary team. Yeah. Uh, so the it's a solid concept. Like they could have added so many more people, which they probably did, and I just don't know yet. <laughs> Entirely possible. Uh, but we'll definitely get into some interesting facts about this, and especially when it comes to some of the voices. Uh, so the episode oh, we're taking man. a look at today is the is called the evil of dr dark and so we start out with one of our lovely space shots that kind of pans over to an asteroid field and there seems to be this uh defense force and they're firing lasers it's that's like, a nice hmm. animation for that by the way that animation yeah. was nice and crisp i was like hmm what is going on here and then we go inside what I'm assuming is the asteroid, and we see just this robot kind of just wandering around. It's got a tray of food, and it puts <laughs> the food into a door. And the dude in the cell, because this is clearly a prison, he's like, you expect me to eat this slop? He you will pay. He like went apeshit. Bro. You expect me to eat this slap? Yes. That voice, though. Yes, we learn this man is planning something. He is Dr. Damien Dark. Dr. Damien Dark's, um, he's got some anger issues, dude. Yeah. He, like, full-on charged the, uh, what was it, the plasma bars or whatever they were? Something like that. were holding him, holding him in there. And so we pan over to these... Um, I'm assuming triplets. Some kind. Uh, they're def- they've definitely got some kind of psychic bond thing going with them. 
Oh, yeah. And they're trying to, you know, figure out his plans. But the one of them just does not want anything to do with it. Oh, dude, she was not having it. And we learned her name is, uh, uh, we learned her name is Mara. And she does not want anything to do with this psychic bond or any kind of evil plans these these other two have. <laughs> the rebellious one. Yeah, so we learned that these are... Uh, so we get some robots busting in. and Or what I assume are robots. They kind of look like robots. They were weird looking. They're kind of like crystal shaped but they're robotic yeah so they break in and they bust out uh damien dark they uh this whole base goes to uh they go to a red alert there's a space battle and then uh, damien dark's like yeah bring these guys along they're psychic warriors they'll be useful they'll be useful yeah he's like so nonchalant about it yeah, he's like, oh, whatever, you guys can come with us. Yeah. So yeah, so the base puts out a distress call. And it's answered by none other than Flash Gordon. <laughs> yeah. So something I noticed about Flash Gordon, I'm like, this guy sounds like Leader One. That's what it was. Like, yep. there were some familiar voices in here. Yes, sir. That is the uh, the same voice actor. Uh, Lou Richards is the is the voice actor. Ah, okay. Oh no, there'll be some uh, some more mind blowing ones later on. Uh, it's probably. I'm wondering if it's the one the ones I'm thinking of, but it probably is. Probably. Uh, so we cut to a man who has uh seems to have had a dream and we learned that it is a uh, mandrake one of our heroes of the show he looks into his mirror and he sees a vision of dr dark yeah with his cackling laugh but no no it is not it is no dream for we hear vandar appear who apparently is some kind of aid or uh, higher power above uh mandrake yeah like, that was no. pretty interesting it's like no no it is uh, not a dream yes doctor yes dark is after the orb of chronos i liked his voice <laughs> so both of these characters mandrake and vandar they're voiced by the same man ah okay and Mandrake should sound very familiar. He did. I just couldn't. I, I couldn't pinpoint it at all. Uh, yes. Um. So both of these individuals are voiced by one Peter Renaday, the voice of Master Splinter. Wow. That's why I like. Do it you so he- much. Do you hear it in? Yeah, uh, dude. In I Mandrake now. Hell yeah. I was like, all right, all right, we got, yeah, we those got voices. Yeah, they had some splinter vibes. Now, I, now I hear it. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! All right, so we cut to the uh, back to the battle where Flash comes in and intercepts. Uh, we also hear some radio chatter from uh, Lothar, one of the uh, aforementioned members of this secondary team here. And of course, Lothar, he's got a very familiar voice, too. He's voiced by one Buster Jones. <laughs> who you may recognize as a Blaster from the Transformers and Doc from yeah. G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. That's good shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, basically, uh, Mandrake basically recalls the Flash. He calls Flash Gordon. And so, and somehow at this time, uh, Flash's ship, Flash Gordon's ship, has some engine issues. Yeah. 
You should just straight up shut down. Yeah. And... Oh, that's what it was. He had a vision of the Flash dying. Yes. The Flash. Flash Gordon. Uh, so apparently we learned that what Mandrake did was actually a very big no-no. Mm-hmm. He, he recalled Flash Gordon so that beca- uh, to basically save his life because the universe is probably in danger. Oh, yeah. And Vandar's like, um, yeah, no, you broke one of our big rules. You probably shouldn't have done that. They intervened? Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit, that's uh, that's pretty serious. Yeah. Like, my man was supposed to die. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, yes, so we cut up to the, uh, to the chambers of Ming the Merciless. The, the well-renowned <laughs> Flash Gordon villain. Yeah, dude, I recognized him right away. And he is all pomp and circumstance. He's like, Hmm, you are supposed to be brought to me alone. Who are these people? He's like, he's like, oh, chill, baby. They're with me. Right? He's like, they're psychics and shit. Listen, they're psychic warriors. They're use, they're useful. Like, yo, give them a quick demonstration. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and then, uh, and at this point, uh, Ming gives uh, Doctor Dark the shadow key, which apparently brings all. Restores his power. Right. It was so funny. He was like, oh, nice about the psychics. He's like, very nice. Mm-hmm. Next time, do what I say. <laughs> yes. And so, once his, uh, the... so once his power is restored, he gives us this great vision of what he's after. As apparently, you know, we get a flashback to about 10,000 years ago. And the... Basically, the orb of Kronos is separated into three pieces and hidden throughout the universe. Oh, yeah. Because basically, this thing is pretty power, is some pretty powerful wizard stuff. Yeah, they had to do it. Including uh, immortality to the user. Mm hmm. Yeah, so we flash to our heroes. We have Flash and. Mandrake and Rick, who is the son of Flash Gordon, apparently. So they know. So they're headed to the planet of Rylos. And Phantom's like, all right, I'm going to stay at the base and do stuff here. It's like, all right, fine. It's like, damn it, Phantom, I wanted to see you in action. Right. Like, I, w- I was looking so forward to that when I saw Phantom. I'm like, yes. So, but no, gotta save that for the next one, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so this was the one that kind of surprised me the most. Uh, Rick Gordon, his voice actor, Lauren Lester, the really? voice of the voice of Robin on Batman the Animated Series. Really? Yes. Oh shit! I was like, man. So, I also I learned today I can, I can, that Lauren kind of Lester is the voice of Barbecue on G.I. Joe. <laughs> Holy shit. Barbecue? Wow. They had some heavy hitters in this one. Wow. Lauren Lester has a really bad Boston accent. Because <laughs> yeah. Barbecue has a terrible Boston accent. Yeah. I'm like... It's funny. I'm like, that's Lauren Lester? What? You should. This is Robin? Man, that guy <laughs> went on to do some great things. Oh, man. Oh, man. Whew. That is pretty cool. I gotta admit. Oh, dude. So this episode just starts going into crazy things. 
Uh, oh, so yeah. We switch back to Dark, He's and he opens a portal to the Amber Keep. And this is where um, Vandar lives, apparently. Oh, dude. Straight up ambush. Yeah, dude. You really do, because like, they straight up attack him, because Vandar has information that they need. Dude, Vandar was shaking, man. He was, like, shaking in his boots. I'm like, dude, aren't you? Like, uh, never mind. Like, he's like the high wizard. Yeah, and he was like shaking like a biatch. I mean, he probably wasn't expecting the attack. He shit himself. So they capture him and they take prisoners and they also acquire the vial of knowledge. So... Yeah, which is a big uh-oh. Uh-huh. So yeah, the uh, the psychic warriors come in. They steal some weapons. They are like this attack was pretty well planned out. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, they take uh, Vandar and Rick as hostages. Yeah, the psychic straight up like mind lifted the gun, the blasters right out of his hands. Yeah. So I was like, this... oh shit. This is very short-lived as Rick actually escapes from uh, from whoever has him at this point. I think it's the Psychic Warriors have him. But yeah, he, he escapes. And Mara's just like, you know what? Peace out, bitches. I'm going with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Mara was like, fuck this. And she ran. She's like, I don't want any part of this. I'm out. Bruh. And the robot guy's... They have, like, a flying car or something, and they just yeah. literally try to run everyone over. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Oh, man. They give zero Fs here at this point. That was hilarious. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Bruh. And so they that actually managed to hit uh, Rick and Mara and knock them off the side of a cliff. Yeah. Take this, traitors. Right? <laughs> Bam. They're just like 80s ruthless, dude. Yeah, I was like, damn, that was cold-blooded. Because, <laughs> like, a lot of times with 80s villains, like, they're basically two functions. They're like comedic goons or pure evil. Yeah, like straight up cold-blooded. And they went straight cold-blooded here, man. They just ran them right off a cliff. Like, y'all gonna die. <laughs> like, yeah, you gonna die. And, of course, um, our heroes are falling off the cliff, presumably to their doom. Who knows? But um, we're gonna have to wait to find out if they live or die, because, as you know, we follow our 80s cartoon tropes here. And, <laughs> uh, of course, we've created that nice little tension moment. Guess what time it is, Phil? It is commercial time. It is, folks. So we'll see you in just a moment here. Enjoy the cliffhanger. Hey, Joe, where are the onions for my burger? It's got onions. They're inside. Inside? We made it with Lipton onion soup mix. Why don't you just use onions? Because Lipton makes a burger taste better. Lipton's special blend of seasonings and toasted onion pieces turn your burgers into super onion burgers. Great burger. Hey, Joe, where are the onions? They're inside. Oh. Super Pure Burgers with Lipton. How can Butter Rum Lifesavers have less than 10 calories each? Where'd the calories go? Maybe they went out the hole. <laughs> I think there's a hole in that theory. You bet your Lifesavers. <laughs> You know, Sandra, I've never met anyone like you before. You're smart, you're in great shape, you're beautiful. Don't stop, I think you're on a roll. You bet your lifesavers. Lifesavers roll candy. Great flavor for less than 10 calories each. You bet your lifesavers. You are the new American society. The movers and the shakers. Hold on. 
you are the new coffee generation. Because coffee is the calm moment that lets you think. Coffee gives you the time to dream it. Then you're ready to do it. No other drink does that like coffee. Join the coffee achievers. Do your best. Got a right to chicken done right. I make it tender, juicy, every bite. I make fresh hot biscuits and tasty fresh coleslaw. You got a right to chicken done right. Nobody makes chicken like we do with the Colonel's secret blend of herbs and spices. It's finger looking good. Kentucky Fried Chicken, we do chicken right. I'd like the most popular home video game system ever. Ah, oh, the system you want is the Atari 2600. That's so fast. I want a system that can play hundreds of games. Oh, then what you want is the Atari 2600. But I'd like the system that can also play educational games for my children. Then what you want is the Atari 2600. Fine, but I want a real low price. Oh, the Atari 2600 is priced incredibly low. That's what I want. The Atari 2600. Now with its new exciting games at a new low price. All right, and we are back. And so, of course, uh, Rick and Mara are falling off the edge of a cliff. Do they live? Do they die? Well, of course, they're the heroes, so of course they have to live. Yeah. Lothar has ropes. Apparently, he's really good at tossing that damn rope because it got to them really quick. I mean... He's got to be a badass. I mean, he's played by Buster fucking Jones, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a buff ball guy, so, yeah. Oh, got man, so... Yeah, so we go to the uh, secret enemy lair where Vandar is straight up hooked up to, like, what well, looks like an execution chair. Ooh, yeah. Like, he's got, like, a like a thing over his head, and he's got, like, probes attached to him. So, yeah, no. They are straight up interrogating him and torturing him. Yeah, Dark ain't playing. So they're like, well, they need to know the location, um, you know, where these pieces of the... Of the ore bar, they have to find it. So they yeah. open the vial of knowledge. And they proceed to use it on Vandar. Uh, because basically only certain people can actually effectively use the vial of knowledge. Yep. And, and we... he was like the only one that knew where, where the pieces are, isn't he? Yep. And, of course, Ooh, after boy. the vial is opened and used on him, he reveals that the piece they need is in the Well of Essence. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, so... Hmm. Oh, that's right. And one of them, I think it's one of the robots, calculates that Dark will betray them. Yeah, what was that random robot? It looked like a giant boil. <laughs> right. It just came out of nowhere. It was like, I predict that Dark will betray you. He's like, no. He only thinks he's going to betray me. Oh, that's right. It was like some weird little helper robot to Ming. Yeah. It's like, I was I know... like, oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot to, like, wait, who said that to who? I'm like, I just made the quote. I'm like, I calculate Dark will betray you. He only think that's right. It was like the little helper robot to to me. Yeah, it was just weird looking. It just came out of the ground or something. And so our heroes are trying to find out where the, you know, where the bad guys are going. And then Mara's like, "Oh well, I have a psychic bond with my siblings, so I'm I'll just use my powers to see where they are." It's like really now. You You've been holding out on good powers like that the whole time? <laughs> right? I was like, oh, now you want to tell us this shit? Yeah, no, like, dude, these 80s cartoons do weird things with twins. Oh like my twins God. and siblings. Yeah, I mean, hell, look at the whole thing between uh, Zaymot and Tomax. 
I was just about to say that. That whole psychic bond thing where they feel the pain. Yeah, it's like you put one in like this arm so, lock, the other like in the arm lock going, ah, ow. Right? The one gets punched and it's like, and the other's like, it's like, wait, I didn't even hit you. I feel what my brother feels. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, That's a man. hell of an Achilles heel right there. Yeah. And they def- and it's definitely used, I think, one time in the series, they use the one brother to try to find the other one. Yeah. And it's in that episode, um, Spell of the Sirens, where like... Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, that was a that was an interesting episode. Hell but yeah, I, it was. But I finally figured out how to tell the difference between the two of them. Which one is which? How's that? Or at least in the cartoon, if you were to take the twins, just look at them straight forward, and write their names across their chest, Zaymont and Tomax... Mm-hmm. In the cartoon, basically where the X would be if they had their names on their shirts is where their shoulder pads are. Oh. And also, Zaymont has a scar on his his face. I was just about to say that. Doesn't one have a scar? He's got the scar. In the cartoon, it's on the left side of his face. Or, sorry, the right side of his face, because that's where his shoulder pad is. Oh. Oh, the, although the toys have it completely flipped backwards. Oh, damn. So, yeah, they just love to change everything. <laughs> right. At least in the cartoon, that's how you tell them apart. Oh, yeah. So, yes, we go to the Well of Essence, which is in Antarctica, apparently. Oh, yeah, that's right. They just, like, jumping all over the place here. Seriously. Uh, So we have this weird moment where Vandar and Mandrake are having a conversation. He's like, well... Or actually, no, sorry. No, Vandar's talking to to, uh, Dark. He's like, no, I still see good in you. Bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Doctor Dark's like straight up. Like I've chosen my path. He's like, let me live it. Yeah, I've made my choice. <laughs> I was like, damn, dude. It was kind of like he knew that, and he's like, ah, fuck, fuck all that. Right? He's like, I made my choice. I know the. I know where this is going. It's like, damn, bro. So they reach into the well for the piece of the orb. And apparently they unleash a bunch of spirits. Oh, yeah. That just start, like, flying all over the place and, like, like, what is going on here, people? Y'all trying to just, like, is this supposed to be scary? (laughs) It just, shit just went nuts all out of nowhere. And so, all of a sudden, our heroes have caught up with them. But now the Phantom decided to join the group. Because he's just randomly with them. Yeah. Did, did like, they, oh, re- yeah, did they reconvene at headquarters? There's <laughs> there's missing information know. here. I know. I I feel like Burt Gummer in Tremors too. I believe I have been denied <laughs> vital, important, needs to know information. He is the freaking best, man. I love Tremors. Oh, dude, they're making, a, they're making a Tremor 7. What? Tremor 7. What are they going to do now? Uh, apparently I saw on Facebook the title is called Shrieker Island. Oh, my God. I'm going to look for previews. Oh, dude, I think, they're, I think they just resumed filming it because, you know, all the COVID stuff is... They, they, can, they can start filming again. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, um so they have a pretty much a, a chase scene. Uh so Mara grabs the something. And then Dark gets it back. Uh 
good old uh what that was right so yeah this is like insane there's a chase people get attacked and at some point rocks start falling everywhere because this temple is like destroying itself my man Vandar so then Mara and Dark get into a fight yeah Mara straight beelines at Dark was talking about like vengeance or some shit or revenge right. like, so, like damn Mara and so like to stop him from like getting the, the orb fragments she like straight up like pushes him into the well and like dives with him she basically yeah. kind of sacrifices herself. Oh, dude. Speaking of cold-blooded, freaking Dark just straight-up kills Vandar. Yeah, so what happened there? Like, is Vandar dead? Does he kind of just, like, fades out? Yeah, he's like, my time has expired. And he's like, you've interfered with me for the last time, Vandar. And, like, yeah. straight-up zaps him and, like... I, w I sat there I'm like, did he just kill him? Yeah, like, did he just pull like? He's like, let me let me phase into the shadows or some shit. This is like uh, Obi Wan in the first Star Wars movie. Just that's what I'm saying. Like, is it just like another? I don't know. Right, I know that was weird. I know there's like no context for this. Yeah, he just like phases out and like his clothes are left there. Yeah. So yeah, so <laughs> things are rat. just like straight up weird. Vandar is possibly dead. He's faded out but of existence. Vandar like, went to the other world naked. Yeah. Mar and Darker falling down the well. The the temple's like destroying itself. They're like, yeah, probably time to get out of here. Yeah, things went zero to a hundred real quick. Mar just straight savaged it and pushed his ass in the well and was like, fuck it. All right. So yeah, so we go back to the uh, headquarters of the Defenders of the Earth here, and uh, they are basically as confused as we are at this point. But they believe it's not going to be the last they see of Mara or Doctor Dark. Oh no! And then, like, some wind sweeps through, and Mandrake's like, "Oh, um." Allow me to go outside. I must I must attend to business. Right. And Vandar appears before him in like a you know, end of like Return of the Jedi ghost sequence. Right, exactly. So I'm like, okay, is this dude dead? Like what's going on? Yeah, no. Ah, there's where I put it in my notes. So yes, Vandar has the title of the Shadow Master. That's his his rank. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So now he's like, my time has ended. Mandrake, you must now become the Shadow Master. Like, I would miss you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he has that uh, fade-off ghost moment. Mandrake has been foretold his destiny and the responsibility he must assume now. Bro, and then the ending shot of this episode. Oh, dude, yeah. It's like, I think we're like back in Antarctica or wherever this temple is. And Dark just like comes out of the well. And he's looking like Two-Face. Right, he like looks over and like half his face is like fucked up. Yeah, he's got like magic burns or something. <laughs> he needs some milk. Probably made a deal with the devil or something. I know. Like, his face yeah. was jacked up. Dude, he gonna need more than some milk to fix that face. <laughs> and, dude, he just starts, like, this evil laughter. Like, that maniacal, like, almost... I'm not gonna even say almost. Just that straight-up creepy laugh. Yes, that's very much a nice... Uh, <laughs> like, like he's 
Yeah, Dark. He straight up lost it, dude. He's probably going to be even worse in the next few episodes. Right. You know, if when he's ever referenced again. Right. Because who knows? It's an 80s cartoon. He, there could be a follow-up episode. He could never be referenced again. Why he's just he... somewhere being creepy and laughing. Why do these syndicated cartoons do that to us? I don't know. <laughs> Why do they just never mention anything again? Uh, I don't know why they do stuff like that, especially with this. Like, I want to know what's going to happen next. Right. Because the cliff, the, the cliffhanger at the end was kind of nice. Like him just coming up out of the well. His face is all fucked up, but he's yeah. still alive. Yeah. So, ooh, shit. Oh, man. But yeah, no. 80s cartoons. Who knows? Got to gotta have some kind of status quo. <laughs> right. oh, that's the problem with syndication. It, it's hard to make character development when it when you know when things air randomly in syndication. So going from like one episode to the next, it's like, well, kind of have to have some semblance of normal by the end of the episode. Pretty much. It's sort of why heroes like or any characters don't seem to learn anything. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the best examples of this compare and contrast is something like uh, Star Trek The Next Generation versus Deep Space Nine. Because DS9 was allowed to do more overarching stories through the season. So if something happened to a character, you know, they would be changed and it would still be in effect the next episode. Nice. Whereas something like TNG was more very episodic, episode of the week. Uh, The heroes may learn something in an episode, but you don't really see that reference too often down yeah, I was going to say, you never really hear about it again. Yeah. You know, very, very few things change. And, you know, the characters are kind of their archetype. And whereas something like DS9, like the season one characters versus the characters at, you know, at the end of season seven are almost entirely different people because they've grown and matured and learned things. Whereas you look at TNG, the characters are more or less the same at the beginning of the series and the end of the series. Ah. And, and it's definitely hard to like find that medium. Right. And back in the day, I mean, syndication was king. That's where you made all your money. That's true. So writing for syndicated television, especially a lot of these cartoon series, a lot of them only had like one or two seasons and they cranked out enough to get to that magic syndication number. So it's like, all right, That's well, a... we're just kind of here to sell toys anyway. It's like, it was a lot about merchandising. It's like, eh, kids can't follow complicated stories. I Little mean, did they know. Right. It's like, well, I think they can. It's like y'all just are y'all just want to do lazy writing. Lazy writing and sell action figures. Because today's market, you know, all the streaming services and the Netflix and you know, more you're more likely to watch an entire season of a show. So you have more of the liberty to grow characters and change them over time. Oh yeah, have them learn new things. They didn't you know, really different have lessons, different abilities, growth. They didn't really have that ability in the eighties. Nah. Or at least, you know, not from episode to episode. Because let's face I would it, say like how many of those like that... cartoon sidekicks, like like the dumbass from Mask. Oh my god. Like that kid gets into the same trouble like every week. <laughs> Never learns. No. It's like, uh-oh, here I go again. Yeah. 
and you have that archetype character of like that you know dumb kid that gets into trouble blundering idiot and they don't learn because they can't learn because that has to be the the archetype that they have to have through the series because that's how they initiate the plot of like every episode I was going to say, they didn't really touch on doing that until, like, the 90s. Mm -hmm. And even then, there's not a lot of it referenced. Not really. Like, they would touch on it a little bit, but... Or you'd change it, like, between seasons. Right. Like, with Batman the Animated Series, you know, it's like, oh, Dick Grayson's Robin. Oh, in the next season, with no explanation, he's Nightwing. Right, exactly. He just got older. Yes, it just happens off screen. Like, right, oh, and it's like, character. oh, he's older now. It's like, like, yeah, this is why I'm solo now. And they give you like a really short like flashback, and yeah. it's like, oh, this happened, so now he's Nightwing. Whereas, you know, like you get that in one episode, and then just throughout the whole later seasons, like, all right, well, he's Nightwing. That's an established thing. Well, it wasn't established. You just told us it was. Basically. When was um reboot made in the two thousands? The cartoon that reboot? Show reboot. That was like ninety four. I was gonna say they did kind of the same thing as they did with Nightwing. Cause like the kid became what was his name? Enzo? Yeah, Enzo. And then he became Matrix. He was like an adult all of a sudden. Right. Yeah, they just fast forward. Yeah, just fast forward the show like five years into the future. Yeah, and like everyone's grown up. It was, it works, but it it's like it fails to explain things. I mean, look, like like, they all happen. Look at Transformers. They went twenty years into the future, and now Spike's an adult, and he has a horrible shithead kid. Oh, dude, that new, um, that, the, the recent Transformers that came out with on Netflix. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I watched a couple of episodes. It is gorgeous. It looks great. Oh, the figures, though, from the last couple waves of, like, the Earthrise. Uh Oh, dude, those are some good figures. Dude, yeah, like, my kid, um... Like, we saw it, so me and him watched it. Mm-hmm. And then we saw one of the figures from that show in the store. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, he was, like, drooling over it. I'm like, yep. Raise them right. <laughs> yep. Oh, dude, the nostalgia wave is hitting, like, crazy right now. Yes, dude. It's like they're they're starting to get what we used to get back in the day, like, with the 80s cartoons. Oh, dude, they just started... It's like, um... Yeah, oh, I like see it yo, now. There's a, there's a six inch line for G.I. Joe. So they have like oh, their God. version of like Marvel Legends, uh, G.I. Joe classified series. Oh, snap. Bro, these figures are amazing. I haven't seen those yet. I got to look those up. But yeah. it's great, though. I'm loving this. I'm loving it. Yeah, no, I, I already have like the next wave of them pre-ordered already. Nice. Dude, man, the, like the hype is real though, man. The nostalgia train, it oh, just dude, keeps it running. Is. And it is working. And honestly, like some of these figures, like some of these series, dude, Defenders of the Earth, those characters could totally use some representation in the toy line in toy lines. Oh yeah. Honestly, dude, that show has the potential it has reboot potential dude like if they did it the right way and like incorporated more characters mm-hmm. and the merchandising that could come off that is freaking endless dude the six the six inch figure market is like ridiculous right now hell yeah like marvel legends they got the gi joe series uh power rangers lightning collection Dude, there's like oh, there's like a six inch series of like Ghostbuster figures right now. What? Yeah, there's like the I know it's like the four Ghostbusters and it's um oh what's oh what's the 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 lady 
Gozer. Oh. Yeah. Oh, damn. Dude. Dude, the collectible. I looked this shit up. I've been missing out. Yo, the collectible market, like that six inch scale figure is like the marketing hype right now. Everything's doing that like that awesome. that six inch fit like adult collector series. Uh huh. Dude, man. Damn. Star Wars Black Series and Marvel Legends kind of like busted open the door. Pretty much. But now, dude, like I literally have like the the Destro figure in my hand right now. And it's <laughs> That's an fucking ab- great. Oh, the figure is absolutely gorgeous. I gotta look that up, dude. Dude. And that's one of the best figures to make, fucking Destro. Dude, man. It's just like, really, any series, like, you could have an action figure of, like, dude, like, six-inch scale figures of, like, in modern interpretations of, like, some of these characters, dude, like, the Phantom and Mandrake and Flash Gordon. Hell yeah, and pour on that detail. Right? That's the thing, dude. Like, the figures with, like, super articulated, the details are... Dude, there is some potential with a number of these series, dude. Well, we'll see what they do, man. I mean, it's definitely... And we're definitely getting to the point of... They're definitely going to need to start reaching into the well for series to kind of do reboots or updates of. Oh, yeah. Like, even if they do, like, a pilot, just to kind of put it out there. Just see what kind of potential it has. Because there's definitely a lot of potential for something like this. Because this was kind of like the original Avengers. Ah, true. This was, like, one of those big old comic book team-ups and... Yeah, that's basically what it is. And it's like, they could add so many different... um characters to it from different shows or different you know mm-hmm. whatever oh dude i would love to see like oh like a six inch line of centurions oh that would be badass dude all the accessories that would be seriously badass bro you know there is like some serious potential with these uh with this six inch figure market dude oh there is I wonder if I wonder if they have anything to where you can make like a recommendation. I don't know. I mean, there's like, like a whole characters? bunch of companies making them. Yeah. Although Hasbro seems to be doing the most right now. Granted, Hasbro owns like everything. Hmm. Hasbro, you might be getting an email. Cause, uh, cause they own Star Wars, or or they make all the the Star Wars figures. Yeah. Pretty sure they make the Marvel Legends at this point. They've got the G.I. Joe line. More than likely. There's going to be another line this year coming out. um, The Transformers Red series. Oh, shit. Which is basically just giant action masters. (laughs) Because they're going to be like... Oh, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to lie, dude. I'm pretty sure I'm going to need the sound wave from that collection. You have to. Because that is literally cartoon. I mean, they're not going to transform, but obviously they're going to be super cartoon accurate. Like, there's certain figures from that. You you have to have Soundwave. You have to have Mm -hmm. Megatron. You have to have... Like, you can't not have Optimus. Oh, you know, I'm pretty... No, the, the first wave is Optimus, Megatron, and Soundwave. Nice. They're... It might be another they, Autobot, but I don't Grimlock, remember who. Grimlock's, he's one, too. Mm-hmm. There's just certain ones you just gotta do. But I'm just Hell, like, I'd even get a freaking, um... I'd even get a Starscream. Oh, I'm sure he'll, he'll probably be like Wave 2. Oh, yeah. It's like, y'all, y'all really gonna make me buy glorified Action Masters? <laughs> Non-transforming, like... just action figures. Like, come on. They'd Tran- look at you and smile like, okay, okay. Transformers that don't transform. Lucky, lucky I love these characters. Killing me, small as you're killing me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, but... 
Uh, I think. But overall, dude, I really enjoyed this episode, and I definitely want to watch. I definitely want to watch more of this. Me too. Like just that cliffhanger alone. Like I'm, I want to see what what happens next. Mm-hmm. So uh, I enjoyed. It. it was nice. Oh yeah, dude. But uh, that'll do it for this episode of Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Of course, check us out on social media. Check us out on all of the major podcast providers. Um, give us a, of course, subscribe. Give us the like, the thumbs up, the heart react, the five star rating, the text review, all those good things that help get the podcast noticed. And uh, we'll see you next time, folks. See you soon, guys. Stay safe out there and wash your freaking hands. Defenders of the Earth next week on Going Live.